Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The episodes, they just keep coming. I think I'm an addict at this point. I'm just going to fully own up to it, but I'm not doing this alone. We're doing a great job of securing awesome guests. And I can't take full credit for it, and uh, it's, it's not going to be me who's the star of the show today, so I'll just say that much. I'm bringing in my guest right now because there's no point in dilly-dallying any longer. She is the director of digital content and social content at the Dallas Wings and Panther City Lacrosse. Her background shines all over the country from New York to beautiful Santa Barbara slash San Luis Obispo, which is an area very near and dear to my heart, but there is nowhere... She would rather be than back in Texas where she first fell in love with sports. So I'm bringing her in right now. Her name is Casey Busher, and she is also a part of Believe. So thank you for coming to the dark side. Yes, thanks for having me, Greg. I'm excited. She is officially part of the Sideline Screamers Club. She's also responsible for one of my two favorite podcast names on the network and screaming from the sidelines is not even one of them. It's called big D sports with Casey Busher. You've got a few episodes up so far. And then before we get all into our discussion topics, just tell us about big D sports and the reasons that led you to start the show. Yeah. I mean, I think my big goal was to get back to Texas, whatever capacity I could. I really wanted to work in basketball full-time after um, leaving California. So when I got the position with the Wings, I kind of thought, how can I stay connected really with the Cowboys and the Mavericks um, just on like a broadcast perspective. So I just started Big D Sports to talk about all things Dallas sports. And it's been fun. I need to, you know, post as much as you do for sure, though. So got to get it up and running more. I think that is your kind way of telling me that I need to get a life somewhat. No, I think you do a great job. Your show is awesome. You do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that I didn't get insulted two minutes and 12 seconds into it. So that's how I know this is going to be a good episode. Uh, Man, okay. I got to talk March Madness. And I'm not going to ask how's your bracket doing because everybody's is so badly busted at this point. But did you have a nice time watching the first four days? Oh my gosh, I had the best time. This was the most that I've, this is the most brackets that I've been in, I feel like, in a March Madness. I mean, I just joined every single bracket and every person that reached out to me to join the bracket, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Uh, But it was honestly one of the more sad March Madnesses for me because my two schools, Texas Tech and Syracuse, were both not in the madness. So that was definitely depressing But overall, I feel like I can kind of be at peace because day after day and, you know, tournament throughout the tournament, I wasn't really stressed about any team necessarily because my two teams weren't in it. So, I I mean, I love the upsets. I think, you know, with two one seeds going out, that was exciting. And my bracket, though, I did take a lot of risks this year, but I picked all the wrong upsets, of course. But I took, you know, you know, I had to take UCSB in the first round. Had to. I appreciate the gesture, even though it didn't pan out in the results. Uh, I do feel you a little bit. I actually had both of my teams in the tournament, but they didn't get past the first round, one of them being UCSB. And obviously I was okay with it. I think that it was nice that they showed they weren't afraid of the moment and they really took it to Baylor in the first half. And second half, just not enough offense, few turnovers here and there. Baylor, we knew they were going to make threes at some point. So I was sad, but I was okay with it, and I was proud of our group. The one that was actually harder to swallow is the team that I've been converted to because my girlfriend's family is from Tucson, and so they're big U of A fans. And since the games were in Sacramento, about 25 minutes from my place, we went to the Arizona-Princeton game and had to see a crazy upset in person. It was bittersweet. I'm thinking – Wow, I just witnessed an epic March Madness upset, and I was not rooting for it. But wow, you know, it's uh, it makes you realize though that you can't take anything for granted in the tournament. Like if it was supposed to make you feel awesome all the time, then it wouldn't be like. How do I say this? 
I don't think it would create the same level of emotional highs. Right. And I think, you know, like the, the, I think the best thing about March Madness is like everyone truly does have a chance and history can be made every single day. Princeton, I feel like is, you know, is like one of those, that was a win that's going to go down in history. I feel like just forever. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people put Princeton to win in that game, but I know a lot of people put Arizona going really far. So yeah, that's the coolest thing about March. Yeah, the uh, her family bracket pool is one where I actually have a chance to come away with some money because I didn't have Arizona winning at all. So as long as wow. Houston continues to chug along, I got a shot to come away with a little cash. But Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it's not it's not so bad. I have a great time watching all of it. I feel like it's just it's so exhilarating and it really is one of those tournaments where anything can happen. And it's becoming more and more true to say that like mm-hmm. Florida Gulf coast was the first and only 15 seed to make it to the sweet 16. And now we've had that happen three years in a row. So this is all within our young basketball watching lifetimes. And now we've seen two 16 seeds in doing the math because of the COVID year. And that didn't happen. So five tournaments, yeah. Two 16 seeds and when before there was like 140 and 0 or 150 something and 0. So it's just getting more and more ridiculous and it reminds you how many great players. And also I want to give some love to the women's bracket because as so much ridiculous. as I love women's basketball, I think the clear difference between those two tournaments is there were a lot fewer upsets. Like the top three mm-hmm. teams had a separate tier from like four through 10. And then anyone who wasn't a top 10 team wasn't really making noise, but now we're starting to see more upsets there and Stanford. And uh, who's the other one seed that just got knocked off? Why am I Indiana? Um, Indiana. We just saw, saw two one seeds go down. And I think that was the first time in years that, that any one seed didn't get. Since like 1980 something. It's been a long time. So it's getting crazy, and uh, actually, you know what? I never use my phone during shows, but I just realized I need to do this right now, and given that we're recording, it's the perfect time for it. Yeah. Hey, Siri, remind me on March 10th of 2024 to not pick Purdue or Virginia. Phrase. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We're good. Virginia, I will forever hate so deeply in my soul because they beat us in the national championship. It's just like never going to go away for me, especially because we see them get knocked off in the first round. And you're just like, why didn't y'all do that back in 2019 whenever you beat us in the championship? So they're either getting knocked down the first round or they're winning a national championship. I don't really think there's anything in between for them. Purdue, I'm absolutely done. No more. Can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. One of my best friends, went to Purdue and was watching that game in a basement with a bunch of people. And he's like, it's just like, this just sucks. There's just like nothing else to say. Yeah. I mean, what do you say? It's tough. I feel you on the Virginia front because the year that they won it all, I had them losing in like the second round. Cause the year that they lost to UMBC, yeah. I had them winning it all thinking like, my thought was just, I'm going to pick a very mainstream champion so that I can at least have a little bit of hope come the second week. And I don't care if it makes me boring. And then that completely backfired. And then, oh, by the way, I forgot to put your name at the bottom of the screen. There we go. Um, put the name. And so then in the next year, I'm super pissed off. So I'm thinking, you're not getting past the second round. No way. And then they just like, even by March Madness standards, by the edge just by the skin of their teeth, get through, get through, get through again. And mm-hmm. then they win the national championship in overtime. And I was like, okay, I mean, good for them, I guess. So, so then this awful. year, some time has passed and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Let's be nice. This team is very good defensively. I'm happy that UCSB didn't draw them. I actually think that Alabama's a beatable one seed and maybe Me they too. can make a nice run. So my super smart self thought let's have Virginia and Arizona face off in the elite eight. And then the second that Virginia threw that pass into the front court and it got, the guy catches it dishes to his teammate. And I know he's about to shoot. I'm thinking all in the same 
half second. A, this is totally going in, and it is so sick. And for a team that hasn't made the tournament yeah. since 1980 in Furman, this is going to be just so awesome. And B, you are such an idiot. Like, why in the world did you ever think this Preston. wasn't going to happen? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm done with them. Um, but hopefully next year I can actually pick the right underdogs. Like Iona, I put them in like the Sweet 16. I was like, yeah, let's go. It's Patino. Let's go. <laughs> but it's so fun. Yeah. Nothing like it's, it. No, it's, it's it's the best time. Like I had Drake winning and I had Kent State winning as my upset yeah. picks. And that didn't happen. But also like the end of the day, whatever. Like you, the bracket <laughs> will hurt your heart for 24 hours. But then you just forget about it and you go into the next year totally blind. But the worst thing that I did was I had Houston like for a week. And then the day before, I switched it to Kansas because I was there last year when Kansas won it all. And, like, I just felt it. I was like, yeah, they're going to repeat. Let's go. And I changed it the day before. And I didn't realize Bill Self wasn't going to be coaching in the last – like, in the game that was just played. I thought he'd be back by then. Ugh. If I would have known that, I wouldn't pick Kansas because Bill Self is the best. But, bummer. I'm definitely – a pro big 12er so i'm biased so i definitely put all the big 12 teams advancing in the first round but that's completely fair that's completely and i had fair. all the big 10 uh, teams getting out besides purdue and indiana oh, yes, <laughs> very gosh. quickly i mean at least it's more painful for actual purdue fans than it is for us right. to just be like oh my bracket <laughs> yeah in fact the one thing i'll take credit for since we're talking about our march madness woes is mm-hmm. I actually did successfully pick Arkansas over Kansas in round two. Ooh, that's good. It was a good that's- one. And the funny thing is, since I have a podcast now and I'm a super duper big deal, I got about five people text me like the day before the tournament. And they're thinking like, they're like, oh, you're probably the most qualified person to give me advice. And I'm thinking like this whole tournament is a complete crapshoot but I'm not going to yeah. tell you that. I'm just going to let you suffer on your own. And so I would just send people 90 second voice memos of everything I thought in a really just super word salad, put it out there. And yeah. uh, I got a text this last weekend from one of my friends and he's like, thank you so much on the Arkansas pick. I was the only one in my pool that had it. And I'm just thinking, Oh, cool. Like kind of forgot. Yeah. I gave that Probably advice. That's awesome. Yeah. I always have my uh, girlfriends like reach out and they're like, Hey, like who, who should we pick? Like help me with my bracket. I'm like, literally just pick whoever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. Don't even look at the numbers. (laughs) What colors do you like? What city would you rather go and visit? hundred percent. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, I, I guess we've just been going crazy on March Madness, but it's hard not to like, I could seriously stay on this subject for, three hours let me ask you this before we move on to nba talk did you fill out a woman's bracket i did yes and i was i mean i picked i mean i love the tiktok girls on miami the cavender twins i'm like i'm obsessed with you i've been obsessed with them since day one so you already know i had miami advancing this week 16 maybe the elite eight i don't even remember but um yes i did fill out a woman's bracket i had south carolina as my winner my whole family went to the university of iowa so like obviously and then Caitlin Clark's just a baller so had them going pretty far as well um and then the final four is in Dallas for the women's so I'm excited for that yeah so that's just next week and we're very plugged in with you know everything that's going to be going on here so yeah it should be should be really exciting South Carolina looks incredible so I assume they're going to make it all the way are you going to the final four yeah Oh, nice. That's awesome. I'm pumped. Wow. And you had Miami. So that's probably a better pick than any of my men's picks, to be honest. I mean, Sweet 16 and both games were just nail biters. That's fun. That was was crazy. I mean, it's so good for women, for women's basketball, though, that we're having these upsets in the first two rounds. Because growing up, there was four dominant schools and like four, six dominant schools. And they would always you know, advance to the end, 
essentially. So it's like to actually have upsets in the first two rounds, it's so good for women's basketball and it's not blowouts every single game. You know, it's like the best is so, so good. And then like the worst is really, really bad versus like men. It's a lot closer, at least it was in the past. So yeah, it's really good for women's basketball that games are a lot closer now in the beginning. I would agree because I've always loved women's basketball. And this last year with starting the show was the first time I really dove deep into the WNBA. It was that combined with a player from the Big West Conference, Amy Atwell, getting drafted mm -hmm. to the Sparks. Um, and I had so much fun. I went to the Sparks versus Mystics playoff game in Seattle. And like, that was just a killer atmosphere. Yeah. That was just, so was I had a great last time. Year? Was that this last yeah. year? Oh, wow. It's amazing. Yeah, Climate Pledge Arena was a popping place and pretty it is. pretty cheap tickets too. So I had no complaints. It is pretty amazing how many people they get in that stadium. Yeah, great attendance there in Seattle. Uh, sad that they lost some players on the roster, but um, yeah, women's bracket. I had I had South Carolina winning it too because I I just like how can you not? I hate it to be boring, but they're just so good. And yeah. Don Staley is a freak. And then I know that Caitlin Clark is a very mainstream person to cheer for. And yeah. when I say mainstream, I don't mean that as anything against her. Um, yeah. But I would just, I'd love to see Iowa make a run at the title. Cause she's like, Me so too. she's so tough and gritty and graceful all in the same game. And that's rare. Yeah. And the way, I mean, honestly, like the way she handles the ball it's so crisp, but also like not super protected. It seems like it just, it just looks so easy. I don't know how to explain it, but like, it looks like it'd be easy to steal the ball from her, but obviously it's not. But um, just the way she plays is really smooth. You know, like she doesn't get flustered. And when she told Holly Rowe after the senior night buzzer beater, she's like, honestly, I thought it was money. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, obviously. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Such a baller. <laughs> Love her. He's awesome. So right now, our two teams in the NBA are playing each other, the Mavericks and the Warriors. Wow, two really similar teams. So talented and so dysfunctional at the same time. Totally. Mavericks are 36 and 36. They're seventh in the West. I think the Warriors are one spot above them and maybe a game and a half or something like that. I don't know. They're like seven and 59 on the road. Um, let me ask you this. Were you happy about the Kyrie trade when it occurred? I was very happy. I think it was worth the risk for us. And we've just struggled so much in the past with getting free agents that it's like, why not take the risk? We were giving the best package for a trade. So, I mean, obviously, I don't love that we gave up Finney Smith. That was, like, the biggest sad part for me about it. But I think in the long run, if Kyrie is happy here and he were to sign a long-term deal, it would be so worth it. I mean, he, he's unbelievable. Like, he really, truly is. And I feel like who he's been off the court since he's been here has been pretty, you know, good. So that helps as well. But if we could actually get him, I feel like him and Luca get along. I think he's having a good time. Uh, whenever they were in LA last week and they hit that buzzer beater with Maxi Kleba, uh, he just looked like he was having a good time. And so, I don't know. I feel like when I go to games and like I just watch on TV, I always try and see like what his body language looks like because I just want him to be happy here. And obviously he'll be very happy if we do well in the playoffs, but it's, down to crunch time and Luke has been out for a bit. It's weird that when you look at the numbers though, that whenever they, they're both in the game together, Luca and Kyrie, they're not winning as much. Whereas if Luca, or whereas if Kyrie's playing without Luca. So I think they just got to establish kind of a bond of playing together. And I remember the first game when we were down by like two or something and they were just passing the ball back and forth. They had to get one more shot off and they never got the shot off. Cause it was just like passing back and forth. Cause yeah. I think Kyrie doesn't want to take Luca's shine, but also Luca wants Kyrie to like be a superstar on the team too. And Luca's never played with a superstar. So it's just, I feel like it's just going to take a lot of balance, but hopefully we'll get more than just this year with Kyrie and we can let things, you know, play out. And also they'll get more reps and stuff together. I'll say one thing to amplify your sentiment and then a couple 
to maybe get you thinking the other way. Uh, the one thing that I think is totally valid and not worth being concerned about is the fact that they're still figuring it out. It's two very ball dominant stars. Luca is yeah. 24. He's like six weeks older than I am on the dot. So he's a really young guy. Uh, I guess, yeah, you know, and the, the thing, a good example is like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, they adjusted so seamlessly as a duo in large part because they both had a number of years in the league and mm. were both MVPs, but also Steph Curry plays off the ball so well. So it just, mm. the style of play worked really well. That's not the case with every single star pairing that happens, right. especially two guards and mm-hmm. two ball dominant guards at that. Kyrie is very great in transition and he's helped Dallas in that regard. Luca plays at a little bit of a slower pace that can ISO up with anybody in the league has the second highest usage rate, or at least did the last time I checked. So that's something. Uh, The one thing I would be concerned about as a Mavs fan is that as well behaved as Kyrie has been since he got to Dallas. And you mentioned, he looks like he's having fun. I think we've seen with Cleveland, Boston, and Brooklyn, the decline and sudden downfall happens very quickly. And it's kind of just one thing that can really set it all off. And so does that concern you at all? Because this is a guy who hasn't played more than 60 games in a season. First year in Brooklyn, or first year with KD, it was injuries. Then it was the vaccine. And then it was posting stupid things on social media. Yeah, I think honestly, it's worth the risk because our roster was never going to get it done. I mean, again, like I do, I did like Dorian Finney-Smith, but like I didn't like him enough to not get Kyrie. As a human, he's awesome. But like just in general, I just like Luca just needed a superstar so badly. I mean, we could have waited and then tried another free agency again, but it's like we've been trying. Like we, like Luca needed a I mean he really needed like a Bradley Beal type of a player probably not like a Kyrie Irving but I think it's worth the risk in hopes that it does work out with the two of them and I think that's kind of how the Mavericks felt too because also I mean what I was most worried about was Kyrie coming here and having situations off of the court and making Luca upset because we need Luca more than anything and we need him to stay here no matter what and be happy so, cause I mean, who knows, like this stardom could get to Luca's head at some point. Like we don't really know how, I mean, we were just lucky with Dirk that Dirk just continued to take pay cut and pay cut and pay cut to get superstars. We just sadly couldn't get any really. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think honestly it's worth the risk in hopes that he doesn't at any time just flip a switch. But I think, I think it was worth the risk. Yeah. We're going to find out a lot more really soon. I mean, they've had their, fair share of ups and downs. Luca is just plain ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, This episode, by the time it comes out, this won't be their most recent game, but in speaking in the present tense, uh, the most recent game before the playing the Warriors right now was a brutal loss because even though beating the Grizzlies at the FedEx forum is not Mm -hmm. an easy feat, the Mavs were outscored 29 to 12 in the fourth quarter, which resulted mm-hmm. in a four point loss. I am curious from your vantage point, how far does this team have to go for you to head into next season with a positive attitude? It's tough, but also I, okay. The problem is really is like our roster is just not good. Like we're just straight up not good. Christian Wood has been, like, basically benched and, like, isn't even starting most games. And so that is, like, making a lot of fans mad and super confused because why are we not starting Christian Wood, Uh, especially when there's been games where he's played for 20 minutes and had 20 points. So, but, you know, I feel like the problem is, is, like, with so many of our players, it's so inconsistent. Like, we have Dwight Powell dropping 20 points one night, and it's like, where did that come from? Um, Hardaway is, like, so inconsistent as well. It's just like you never know that like what I always said with like Dirk and Luca, like they needed someone who was going to consistently drop at least 20 points a game. And then like another guy who's going to drop like 15 to 20 points a game, 
you know, I, I mean, essentially like a super team, basically, but at least like a three rotational group that's going to be dropping a good amount of points a game and know that you can rely on them. And so that's the problem. We have Luca out in Memphis and it's just Kyrie. And he doesn't really have like that second guy that's going to be stepping up. And also like Memphis in the fourth, it was so electric. I feel like with like Jaw being back like on the bench and stuff, like that was really exciting for the fans. Um, it trickled down very quickly in the fourth quarter though. And there was points where I just saw like Kyrie walking and he was just like totally ticked off and like did not want to be there. But we needed that win so bad. I felt like the Lakers game though, with getting that buzzer beater win, it kind of felt like, okay, like maybe we can get on a little stride here. So the Memphis loss was really tough. I think if we can win tonight and given that the Warriors kind of don't play the best on the road this season, um, that hopefully will help us. But obviously, you know, Kyrie's out. So we'll see what happens. But it's good that Luke is back. Yeah, I would take the over on Luca points, even though it's probably set at like 32 <laughs> and a half. So, jeez, uh, I know. I, I don't understand it. But then the Warriors also go and play the Sixers, who are red hot. They play them at home on Friday. And if they win that game or at least make it really, really close and look like a championship team, that won't surprise me either. Right. But I, I do not understand them. But they're going to have to win road games because they're not getting a top four seed in the West for Dallas is winning one playoff series enough to hold your optimism or do you feel like it's got to be more than that honestly I think I'd be really happy with that I think it depends also like are we in the play-in or not if we're not in the play-in and we win one series that's not great to me but I feel like if we're in the play-in and then win a playoff series that makes feel a little bit better you know I just don't know if that's enough for Kyrie to be happy to sign a contract that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. So I feel it's like if tough. we try to dissect that on the show, what's good for Kyrie, yeah. this is going to go well beyond 26 minutes. I know. I know. But yeah, I don't know. I think I, w- I would take that. And also it depends who we're playing. Right. That is true. I, uh, but I, know. Definitely I don't even know what the bracket's going to look like. I know. It's just, it's absolutely chaos. Like fourth to the 12th, I think it's four games in between. Like from fourth to 12th, they're four games behind fourth place. Like it's nuts. I just looked out. I was like, what the heck? It's crazy. Yeah, why do you think I get anxious every time the Warriors get on the road? I just look at the standings. I'm like, two road games? That is way too many. (laughs) I know. It's kind of scary, honestly. I think I'm going to go to the Kings game next week. And, like, the Kings really popped off out of nowhere. I mean, we kind of – like, I feel like there was talk about them being, like, potentially good this year. But the fact that they're, like, sealed, they're in, they're they're going to be fine, you know, for a playoff. It's wild. They had, like, one of the longest streaks of winning this year. Like, it's, it's crazy how much they've grown, honestly. Like, it could be one of their best seasons in a long, long time. The Kings started three and six, and they had – some pretty bad luck, but I live very close to Sacramento. So I have a lot of very devoted Kings fan friends and I've seen their true dedication. And my best take of the year was sticking up for them when they were three and six, because they were competitive in eight of those nine Mm -hmm. games. And I knew that the West didn't quite look the same. Like there were more good teams, I guess, but there were fewer great teams. Yeah. And I'm really glad I did because they're popping off. And even though they don't play fantastic defense, they do all the little things right. They're very well coached and they're clutch. And I don't think yeah. they've lost an overtime game. It's pretty awesome. Honestly, kind of rooting for them, like little underdog vibes, you know? Yeah, if the Warriors get matched up with the Kings, I'm going to be bummed out. because That would I... be crazy in the Bay. Like, oh my gosh, that'd be so fun. It'd be fun, but it would make me so sad at the same time. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I'd have to root for the Warriors. I guess the only plus is if the Kings knock off the Warriors, I can feel less sad about it. Honestly, I feel like if they match up in a series and they kicked off the Warriors, that would be like the craziest thing ever. Just because of like they've always just been looked at like one of the worst teams in the NBA, at least like in our generation. I feel like, and then like the Warriors get knocked off to them, like that would be pretty wild, honestly. I've never been to Sacramento. 
Come hang out, Golden One Center. It's popping, except when Princeton beats Arizona. Then, then it I don't looks pretty go back. nice, honestly. Yeah, except when Princeton beats Arizona. Sheesh. Ugh, it's it's a nice spot, though. You're not wrong about that. Um, man, I feel like just talking about sports gets me so sped up in such a good way. I know, great. me too. It's so great. Let's, let's go into the WNBA because. I have a really cool opportunity in talking to you to have somebody who is really involved in WNBA, which is starting to get more coverage, but still has way too many haters. And if anyone tells me differently, what I'm about to say about women's sports, you're just straight up wrong in that people don't hate women's sports because it's not interesting. It's because they're not exposed to it enough to where they really care and have access to those storylines and have any familiarity and reason to follow it and so there's just less attachment overall if you disagree with me uh you're stupid and you're probably the type of person that just i'm never gonna bond with over sports anyway so i'll get that off my chest but you work (laughs) for the dallas wings and i mentioned going to seattle for a playoff game in last august how has it been working for one of the 12 teams so far? So I came in November, so we were well over uh, the season, but a good amount of the players I've been able to meet so far in the off season. Um, I feel like it's such an exciting league to work for right now. Honestly, I've never been, I've never covered a WNBA game. I've been to one in my life when we had a team in San Antonio. I literally was so out of, touch with the WNBA honestly and like I feel like it's always a league like I would have totally been down to work with or like cover I just never really had the opportunity to um but it's really an exciting league to be a part of right now because of how much it's grown like the wings alone have four ABC games this year and like that's pretty wild like just just in like years past that to say that we have four games on ABC is really great um, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are like, I'm finding out right now. And I'm like, wow, like that's messed up. Um, like for an example, I didn't know that, uh, women's college players had to be in school for four years before going to the league. So, you know, the men only have one, right. It's like why, like, obviously they're not making the funds that a man would, if he comes to the NBA, but like, they should just have the option, right? Like, why does that matter? You know? Um, so I think I find that very interesting since I've been working in the league. Also, um, for people that say really terrible comments on ESPN posts of women's sports and stuff that are just like so out of pocket, like, I don't know why they care so much. Like, why do you care that ESPN's posting a woman playing basketball? Like, why does it matter? Like, I don't even understand like why, like, honestly, like you taking the time to type a comment on like a W post, that's just rude. Like, it's not like a waste of your time. Like, why do you care? Um, yeah, they have even less of a life than I do with putting out all these episodes. Right. (laughs) No, but like, (laughs) but honestly, you're just upping the traction. Like, thanks. Like, thanks for another comment. Like you're just boosting engagement. So thank you for the comment. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's like very odd to me. I also don't know why there's some sudden drop off for like, you know, Enrique Agumboale is like our star player on the wings. And she was the one who made like the two clutch shots for Notre Dame when they like moved on the national championship and won. Like, I still remember being, um, being out in Lubbock one night. And like, I was watching that game on TV. I was like, holy crap, like, that's so sick. Like, you just don't really see, you know, crazy things like that in women's sports if it's not on TV. So like, it was on at the bar and like, I saw it and it was so cool. But like her fame at Notre Dame you know, I feel like her fame's transferred pretty well to the W, but like in years past, like with some certain players, I feel like the fame doesn't carry. So like Caitlin Clark right now, everyone knows her name. Like, is that fame still going to carry on to the league? For some reason with some players, the fame doesn't continue into the league. And obviously, I feel like honestly, to a, like, to a T, like NCAA women's basketball is more popular than the WNBA. So there's some kind of a disconnect there. I don't know why, especially because in the summer is when the, when the league's playing. And there's no other sports going on. So it's like, why aren't more people wanting to watch? And like, games aren't that expensive to go to. Like, aren't you bored sometimes in the summer? I don't just want to go to a game. I don't know. But um, there's so much fun to watch. And I feel like the best part about the league is like the characters that we have in it and like the personalities. So I think that's kind of going to be the draw for the WNBA. Like, that's what I want Dallas people to recognize about our players. I want them to like know who they are 
off the court because obviously we have a couple girls that can dunk, but like you might not be seeing a dunk after dunk every game. But if you like who they are as people, maybe you'd want to come and support them. So that's kind of like the push that I'm trying to make. But it's an exciting league to be a part of just because of the exposure that we're getting now. And also, I feel like it's cool to like be a WNBA fan. Like it's cool to wear the orange hoodie and have like to be an NBA player supporting the WNBA. Like it's cool if you show up to a game because it means like you're like woke and like up with the times. You know what I mean? So, so it's exciting in that regards because I feel like maybe in the past it wasn't cool to like be a fan of the WNBA, but it's becoming cooler, you know? So I hope it keeps trending in that direction because the women deserve it and like the league's really awesome. Yeah. And when you're talking about it becoming cool and more trendy, I think that uh, even though sadly Kobe is no longer with us, that mm-hmm. image of him wearing the orange hoodie and getting really into women's basketball because of Gigi, that still carries like well into today yeah. and still will. Um, so to have people like that, and it wasn't just like, it wasn't like one of those fashion stunts where it's like, oh, let me just wear this because I'm walking into the tunnel in a game. He's sitting with yeah. his daughter who wanted to yeah. be in the league one day. Um, he's the best, man. I I miss him, and I know everyone else does too. Uh, But yeah, that's a really good example of it. And actually, I've told this story on the show before. When I started up, I think my first five, six episodes were very WNBA-centric because it was going on during the playoffs. And what was really sad about the whole Brittany Griner detainment, and I'm very thankful that she is back in the U.S. now and planning to play with Phoenix but before that all happened I'm thinking it wasn't just some random player who was playing overseas and then got detained it like it was some one of the best players in the league and explaining this to my mom who doesn't watch the NBA as a whole but she watches a lot of Warriors with us I'm like mom this isn't quite like Steph Curry having to play overseas to get more money and then yeah. getting detained, but it's someone who's better than Clay Thompson equivalent. Right. And so, and the name. Yeah. And the name of Brittany. Is so yeah, like too. maybe the best women's college basketball player yeah. ever or one of. Yeah. I mean, even Mark Cuban like made a joke about drafting her. Like he was like like he said that, you know. So yeah, no, she's yeah, that's your guy. He was massive. He's my guy. He's my guy. <laughs> I love Mark Cuban. He's he's definitely my favorite billionaire. It's really hard to pick between him and Elon, but uh, you know, yeah. Geez. <laughs> Find yeah. me on Twitter, Elon. Let's flirt. What's up with the fake blue check thing, though? Like that's that's not okay. Why do we like have these random bots who have blue checks because they pay for it? I feel like that is just confusing. <laughs> you know, when it comes to Twitter news. is. Twitter before Elon was a pretty toxic platform and environment. And now it's not getting better. No, it's, it's literally still bad. Honestly, I kind of don't get on there that much. I, it kind of is exhausting. I should, but I I just don't, I just have Woj and Sham's tweets on alert and Adam Schefter and I'm good. I don't need to be, I try, I try not to get lost in the hole because it's so easy to, but when UCSB played, I was like, no social media until the game's over. Nope. Oh, I mean, okay. Staying on the league topic, like a lot of the off season focus has gone to the aces and the Liberty who are now entering the season as the two title favorites, but the wings put together a nice season last year and they got some new additions to the roster. And I think that, Diamond DeShields being signed this offseason is a really cool story because of what she's had to overcome in yeah. really tough battles. Like, for those who don't know, in 2020, she had surgery to remove a benign tumor from her spinal cord. And in the rehab process, she suffered from full body tremors and had to relearn how to walk. So that is not an easy journey to get back to playing at a really high level of athletics. And she's got a quote where she's like, now that I'm healthy, I'm in the right headspace. The sky's the limit for me. I'm going to come out here and do everything I can as I got this Dallas across my chest. So have you gotten to know Diamond DeShields much since you started? I've I've been with her. I've been around her twice. So we did kind of like a content shoot with her. 
So got to be around her a good amount. We didn't get in too deep into her story. I feel like whenever the season starts, I want to have like a sit down with her and, and really dive into it. ESPN did an amazing feature on her and it was really, really good. So I think a lot of Wings fans probably don't know that. And like people in the area don't know her story. So I want to kind of dive into that so people can know um, about her, but she's amazing. Her brother played for the Rangers. So like the, the Shields name is definitely known around here. So yeah, I'm really excited um, for Diamond to join our team. I really think that we're kind of like the next team who's building a super team. Like Natasha Howard has won championships. Arike's incredible. Uh, Satu's incredible. Um, and now Diamond being added as well. And Tierra McCowan, she's going to be great too um, in the post. So we have a lot of uh, really good talent. And I feel like not many people are talking about that because it wasn't like a massive Brianna Stewart trade or a Candace Parker trade. I feel like the Aces got so much talk, obviously, by winning last year. But Candace Parker is probably the most known name in the entire league. So if you're acquiring Candace Parker, I mean, yeah, you're probably going to be talked about a lot. So. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about the two of them, but I really think like we're like the next team um, that people are that people are going to notice. Like, dang, they're freaking stacked because we really are stacked. Yeah, they made a nice splash last year, and I know Enrique was hurt come playoff time, and I think she mm-hmm. did come back for the elimination game, but they yeah. didn't end up beating Connecticut. And uh, Mavery was super fun to watch. She, she kind of had an edge to her that I wasn't really aware of, but. Definitely. She was kind of feisty. So that was fun. Great yeah. playoff basketball. Yeah, we're going to miss her for sure. She was so good on the outside. I think it's so cool that her and Enrique played at Notre Dame. And then, like, in the championship game, they played against Tierra McCowan. So it's kind of wild just, like, seeing how their careers have played out and everything. But Marina will do great in Chicago. Um, but, yeah, it'll probably be weird for her not playing with Enrique. So, It'll be interesting. But, yeah, I'm glad they made the playoffs last year. I feel like that's just kind of like the stepping stone now for the future for the Wings. So, yeah, it should be good. Do you have any prediction on who they might select with the third pick? Mm, I don't know. Um, I don't know. There's so many good players, really, right now, I feel like, in the NCAA tournament. And the wild thing is, is, like, with these upsets, right, like, there's probably some players that – you know, WBA teams are looking at that uh, maybe they wouldn't have known about, right? If they wouldn't have been upsets. So um, that's pretty cool because I feel like, you know, everyone knows about the main top people, especially because there isn't a ton of TV broadcast games in the NCAA for women. So it's like to get that recognition and be on bigger stages now with those uh, those teams that made upsets, it's like now they get a chance to kind of make a push here. And it's like if you're an if you're an eight seed, nine seed in the women, and you're going to the eight like Sweet Sixteen, like some that says a lot about you. Um, whoever you know their leader would be on the team, like that says a lot about them because it's not easy to make upsets in, in the on the women's side, you know. So I feel like th- things could really change here. I think like in the next week in terms of like W teams and you know who they're looking at for the draft so and also it's, it's weird because a lot of players may want to stay because of the you know the COVID year and being able to stay next year because of the NIL deals and you know the potential of money that they can make at their colleges because I mean just look at Caitlin Clark she's like one of she's the only women's Nike athlete I think of four players in the NCAA who has like a partnership with Nike or something it's like shoot she's already making money just in college, you know? So it's, it's good that these players are now able to like make money off NIL deals and stuff too. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I'm excited for the draft though. Yeah. The triple threat of NIL deals, COVID and gosh, why am I even blanking on the third? Oh, the transfer portal kind of being more like a free agency thing right now has really changed the landscape of college sports. And I think it's a good thing. I'm always pro players, but uh, it's an adjustment for sure, just as a fan. It is. It's such an adjustment. And it's kind of insane to see the numbers on some of the players in college, like what they're getting, especially like football. It's it's just wild to see um, some of the deals that they get. But, I mean, it just kind of shows, too, like social media. You can make so much money off social media. So it's like – there was there was so many opportunities for some of these student athletes that they just couldn't do because it was illegal. Yeah, you know? I know it was causing a lot of controversy too, and uh, I mean a lot of 
cheating scandals and whatnot, yeah. I thought weren't really fair in the first right. place. So uh, it's good. Yeah, it's good for the players. I mean, before I let you go, I do want to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys because can't talk about Dallas without getting into the Cowboys. Yeah. I know they're a little bit of a punching bag, but let me throw this betting stat at you. Uh, over the last two seasons, they are 24 and 13 against the spread. That gives them almost a 65% cover rate. So this isn't a terrible team to bet on heading into next season. Are you pleased with free agency? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't even like know where to start. Like, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. I feel like regardless of who we can even get in free agency, it's like, I just don't know if Dak's the person that we can trust in the quarterback position. You know, it's like, I mean, I think like two years ago, like our roster was freaking awesome. We had Amari Cooper and we had CD, we had Tony and we had Zeke in the back. Like we were freaking lit. Like we were, we were rolling, you know? And it's like, we still couldn't win with that roster. I mean, we had, we had, what better roster could you have asked for? So I don't know. I I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. know what so the Packers it. Packers had a pretty great roster and they fumbled the bag. So that's true. That's true. That's true. I'm not. I'm not super gung ho Aaron not Rodgers though. So I'm I'm super team Patrick Mahomes. Like that's my guy. And like from being from Texas Tech, it's like that is my guy. Like I would trust my life with him on the football field. But I don't I know. Said I said that same thing too. Yeah, but Dak is, he plays great against, and I know this for a fact because I bet on him two years ago against the Redskins, uh, Washington football team. Um, and he, he got me my money. He like had like over 300 passing yards or something. had like three passing touchdowns. Like he plays great against bad teams, but when it comes to good teams, he is not good. He cannot play good against bad, good teams. Yeah, so unfortunately... Unfortunately for Dak in that 49ers game, was, I mean, it's a great defense that they were going against. But other than Brett Maher, he probably made the most mistakes. Actually, I take that back. Maher hit a couple kicks. <laughs> that game, yeah, he did. He did. He did. He made he made up for uh, the tragedy, but it was bad. He played really, really bad. That I just yeah, remember walking was... out of the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl, the, the playoff party I was at. And I was like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't even know where to start here. <sighs> and this back to lose to the Niners again, it's like just so depressing because they love beating us more than anything. Yeah. I mean, I grew up a big Packers fan because I have Cal ties and Aaron Rodgers, And that's a whole story for another day because at this point, yeah. Dude's a little bit exhausting. Uh, I have not taken a darkness retreat this offseason. That's scheduled for next week. But, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I should take one, too. So, Niners beat up on them a lot, too. Yep, they definitely did. They somehow get Man. lucky. I feel like they get lucky and lucky. Yeah, but then Niners fans would tell you that they don't. Like, they, they don't. overachieve, but then they, they don't have a Super Bowl in this like true. last, I don't know, since the nineties or whatever that last one was. Yeah, true. They just make pretty good runs. And I'm like, how did you get here? You yeah. Know? And honestly, they could have maybe won it all if Brock Purdy's elbow didn't get obliterated in the first quarter Brock of that game. Purdy. But I'd rather have Brock Purdy over Dak. Okay, hot take. I like it. That, that was a crazy take. I'd have to really I'd have to think more about that, but that's how I feel about Dak right now. I just okay. He hasn't done anything for me. It's a big oh, prove it year for Dak if you are Casey and Dallas fans. Yeah, it's rough. Dak, oh, man, it was Dak, sad. You gotta earn it. It was sad though. Moving on from Zeke, I mean that was that was definitely sad. And I also feel like obviously, like he did he did have amazing years here, but it almost feels like such a letdown. Like, what could have been, I feel like, just especially in the beginning of Zeke and Dallas, like, the hype around him. Um, I feel like there's kind of a letdown there. But, I don't know. I wish him the best. He'll probably go to the Bucks or something. Well, good thing Tom Brady 
isn't still playing because then he would definitely go to that team. Right. It still hasn't registered to me that Tom's not going to be playing this year. Uh, it's probably going to be better for my mental health. So that's that's something to look forward to. Definitely me too. I I do appreciate antidepressants, but I don't think they have the same effect as like trying to root against Tom Brady. <laughs> they totally do not have the same effect. <laughs> it doesn't cancel it out. So uh, anyway, I'm going off the rails here to end this episode. <laughs> but seriously, thank you, Casey. This was great. If you ever need another voice on Big D Sports, just I need give to have you on. And, uh, yeah, Heck we'll yeah. just make it happen. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. I hope that uh, you get what's left out of your bracket, out of the remain the remnants of a complete explosion. I hope you can get a couple more picks out of it. Thank you. It, it's hanging on for dear life, but we'll make it out. Semi-alive. Yeah. No, that's all that matters. If you can finish in that uh, top 50%, then... I, I'll take it. You can... Yeah, that's great. That's a huge success, in my opinion, so... Um, <laughs> You can follow her on Twitter at Casey Busher TV. Go check out her show. Enjoy the remainder of March Madness. And pretty soon it's going to be playoff time, baby. Maybe featuring the Warriors and the Mavericks, who are both beautiful messes. And I'll go catch the end of that game right now. Cash in the bets. Believe for your teams. And to close it out, as always, keep screaming. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.